0: You're listening to a Man Cave Podcast Quick Hit. To listen to full episodes and other quick hits, make sure you're subscribing or following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. In this episode of a Man Cave Podcast Quick Hit, we're talking with Dr. Crow, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Crow was on my radio show, The Dan Casper Show, talking about david bakhtiari and his knee injury now david bakhtiari had done an interview with Aaron nagler from cheesehead tv to kind of detail what was going on with his knee injury and well if you listen to dr crow packers fans and maybe the packers should be a a little concerned about the future of david bakhtiari take a listen let's get into it uh, inside the training room dr crow chippewa valley orthopedics in sports medicine, and uh, Austin, I know you and I had talked a little bit about it, a couple of texts, we've got a lot of people throughout the week saying, can you make sure, and ask Dr. Crow about David Bakhtiari, so I think you know where we're leading things off here this morning, David Bakhtiari had done an interview with with Cheesehead TV and kind of gave us a little bit of a glimpse of what exactly was going on with his knee, because obviously in a lot of our segments... David Bakhtiari was, was a topic of discussion, even going back to, to the beginning of the season. Now we know a little bit. So I want to start it off. I'm going to kind of go in order of, of some of the stuff that he, he had uh, detailed here a little bit. So he says it wasn't an isolated ACL tear, uh, Dr. Crow. He said there was a little bit of a cartilage tear and a little bit of a meniscus tear. How big of a difference is that in, in terms of recovery when you add those three elements?
1: well the the meniscus isn't necessarily a huge deal um but the cartilage is uh and that's you know you and i kind of touched on it is is that potentially what's really the the kind of thing that's now limiting him um with his recovery and 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 when we talk about cartilage injuries they can be a small scuff for lack of a better term or it could be a, a large full thickness defect where it's like you knock a piece of cartilage off so there's a huge variability in that, but absolutely, that is a concern, and, and I think going to be kind of a recurrent theme with our discussion here this morning.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then later on, he said that because I'll get to the fluid part here, which uh, <laughs> hoping you can explain that a little bit. But he did say that they had a rescan, and and he found or they found that there was a, a more cartilage tear. Would that have been something from like rehabbing? Could that have been possible with with his rehab that he tore more cartilage uh, with that?
1: it's actually unlikely that it was related to rehab per se um, more, more likely is it was probably some pre-existing cartilage injury that was there um, and just as time went along it worsened sometimes when, when people injure their knees they'll get these real significant bone bruises and when the bones hit each other really hard you can get some late sloughing of cartilage as well so that can kind of present and worsen with time um, and unfortunately a lot of times cartilage injuries will worsen over time that's just kind of their their natural progression so those are all different potentials, but it's not likely that he was like doing an exercise and like that specifically caused it. It may have just kind of exposed it, if you will.
0: And then the, the big thing here that was kind of a theme in his interview is uh, fluid. He he described it as having like a water balloon in his knee. Uh, so a couple things here. Uh, one, he had mentioned that you know bigger guys, you're going to carry more fluid in your knee. He said he was at about 30 to 35 cc's. But when he drained it he had 96 ccs of fluid in his knee um is he correct in terms of like bigger guys you know have a little bit more fluid in their knees and and for anybody who maybe doesn't know what this is what is this fluid is it just is it just water or, or, or what is it in that knee
1: yeah so when when we look at swelling around a joint there's two different types there's there's just kind of the the normal soft tissue swelling so you know you, you roll your ankle and it gets puffy that soft tissue swelling then there's what's called an effusion, which is fluid on the joint. So joints all naturally make fluid. So the lining of your joints called a synovium. When the synovium is irritated, whether that's from an injury, whether that's from um, an irritation from a chronic problem that's going on there, it can create additional fluid. And that is called, again, an effusion. So that's what we call water on the knee. Um, and, yes, everyone does have a little bit of fluid in the knee. It's a natural lubricating substance. So everyone has some fluid on the knee. I, I, You know, it, it's it's difficult to say exactly how much, you know, a normal knee should have. I mean, for, for your size, yes, it'll vary a little bit. But really, truthfully, you should only have a couple cc's. So when he was saying, you know, normally people have like 30, 35, that's way more than anyone should have. 90 is a large – I mean, with 90 cc's on a knee, you could look at his leg and you see that there's fluid on the knee from the outside. So if he's having that kind of fluid, which – you know, in that, that uh, article you sent me, he repeatedly said I had a drain what did he, I think he said, 15 times or yeah, something? Yeah, 15 times. Um, yeah, that is, that. I, I mean, that is a very, very, very bad sign. Um, to see a knee repeatedly swelling like that with that much fluid after two separate surgeries, um, <clears throat> you start getting concerned that this knee is not happy, because generally an effusion is a marker that something's going on. It's Normal knees do not have effusions, um, so there's some process that's happening in his. I think it's pretty clear to say that that's going to be a combination of the recovery from the ACL, which again, after a surgery, you'll have some, so that's normal to have some early on, but months and months later, after a second surgery, with known cartilage injury, you start getting concerned that this is going to be a knee that's um, going to have problems.
0: Uh, and then he mentioned that, so he, he we knew he went in for that scope, and he said that a little defect, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but he had a little defect in his—is uh, it trochlear groove? Yes, you nailed it. Wow, look at all right. I get a point today. Uh, <laughs> what 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 does that mean?
1: Yeah, so what your kneecap rubs against—that end of your femur, that kind of groove—that's the trochlear groove. So, um, you know, as far as areas they have cartilage injuries, that's actually one of the better ones. When they're on the ends of the femur, we call them the medial and lateral condyle. Those are weight bearing. So when you stand, you're putting weight against those. The trochlea only bears weight when you're really bending the knee because the kneecap falls down on the groove so you know not that you can pick where you have cartilage injuries but the trochlear area is one of the quote unquote better ones to have um, but he did mention that there's a couple other ones I think he actually even maybe mentioned lateral condyle yep. as well but um, so I mean though, now you're starting to get into more weight bearing zones which are going to likely be a, a bigger issue as far as symptoms are concerned so um, you know but the, he did specifically mention both those two lesions and so those those areas are going to have Now, he didn't go into detail on their size, how thick the cartilage injury was, so it's hard to say exactly what it is. But, again, the fact that he's getting those recurrent effusions suggests that they're probably relatively high-grade, meaning it's a significant thickness um, of the cartilage involved and also relatively large in size. Um, so, But, again, that's conjecture, of course.
0: Dr. Crow, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, joining us here this morning. And then, you know, we mentioned he had drained like 96 cc's after that Detroit game. He said they ended up pulling out eighty-eight cc's of of fluid out of his Mm -hmm. knee. So I mean, it was just like, just this non-stop sort of thing. When when they got that this much, you know, like you said, it's an angry knee. It's not settling down. Is it just because the ACL's not fully recovered? Is it because it's something's just not clicking? Like why would somebody be developing so many fluids like this, or why would it be so angry this many months afterwards?
1: You know, the, the, I mean, I think there's a couple different possibilities. So, if you have a knee that has recurrent effusion, there's a couple different things. One would be less likely an, an infection. Um, they, I'm, I can promise you they sent his fluid for analysis multiple times, so it's, it's almost certainly not an infection, but that's one possibility. Like, um, for example, Tom Brady had his knee became infected after his ACL. Jeez, um, was that probably 15 years ago? Yeah. Um, so. So that's certainly something to look at. The other thing is that there is an actually issue with the graft, so the ACL, the graft either stretched or partially tore and the knee's unstable. Uh, that one you're gonna, I, he's had repeat MRIs and, and examinations, so it's unlikely to be that. So then you start getting into is there some, something structurally in the knee. Things that we would worry about is like a tear of a meniscus or maybe a meniscus that was repaired that never healed correctly. Or what we've really been kind of hinting at is a cartilage issue where when you have a cartilage defect, that causes irritation to the knee, and then you get these recurrent effusions and pain. And I, I really think that's probably where this is is lying in that scenario.
0: Yeah. And before we get to that here, there was a there was a line in here that he said too that that I want you know it's just kind of weird, but he said um, I don't I don't want to get too specific, but I had another intervention because I didn't like how my knee was responding, and I and I'd done other things in the past that make it respond better. So I went and did that. I mean, he's very like coy uh, about that. And I, I, do you have any idea what he might be referring yeah. to? Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I would, I would bet money it was either it was a PRP or a stem cell injection, one of those two, almost certainly.
0: So what what is it? What's a PRP? So PRP
1: is platelet rich plasma. So they take they draw your blood, um, you spin it down. We take a portion of that, the platelet rich part of it. So it has a lot of growth factors and cytokines. <clears throat> Basically, something that's going to stimulate a healing response, and so um, they do that. And you know, it's 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 kind of this family of what we call regenerative medicine. Um, and so then they take that, inject it back into. We do, we inject it into joints, we inject it into soft tissues, tendons, things like that. And so um, that's that's pretty commonly done. The other thing is is you know stem cell type injections. That's where we take a portion of either fat tissue or bone marrow aspirate. Um, and you know it gets into a little bit of semantics whether they're actually truly stem cells or cells that just kind of still can give out growth factors it's there's some debate in the literature but long story short is you take cells and usually you'll add PRP with them and, and again the idea is that you're going to stimulate a healing response so um when, you know back in the the 90s and 2000s when you'd see athletes going to Europe to get those done mm-hmm. that's what those injections are now they're done in the U.S. as well so we certainly do those I, I do those for my patients on occasion as well so it's it's an option, um, but when you look at a knee like that, it, again, if, you, if you're resorting to doing PRP and stem cell injections after an ACL reconstruction, you're worried that there's something else going on.
0: So, from from everything that he has said in, in this interview, we've heard. You know, he mentioned his meniscus. He's mentioned, you know, the fluid in the cartilage this many months after after surgery you know you start thinking okay is is he going to be ready for next year he kept saying knee is structurally fine Uh, he threw out there he's like that's why you never saw me wearing a brace mentally i'm good and all that sort of stuff great but i mean is this still a cause for concern moving forward that this knee is still accumulating uh some, some fluid in there and and there's some cartilage issue
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, I would say that, I mean, if you look at the history of of athletes that have knee problems that that go down this path, I'm certainly not saying this is the end of his career, but that absolutely is a potential that you get these cartilage injuries and they are just recurrently painful and swollen and you just can never get over that hump. Um, so it it is something that if it continues to be a problem, then they're going to do another procedure to try to get cartilage to grow there. And there's a number of different options after that you know the dreaded microfracture. whenever you hear that but that's that's potentially where this would go next or some other type of cartilage restoration so there's grafting there's transplants of cartilage cells there's a couple different things that you can do the problem is, is they can work pretty well but when you're talking about putting that in someone's knee who's you know was he 280 300 pounds trying to block 300 yeah. pound guys push them i mean you worry about the longevity of that so this is certainly a concern
0: so is there anything that you know, you know, because he mentioned you know the Adrian Peterson and and we've talked about that you know like Adrian Peterson was just like a, he's a freak of nature oh, with, yeah. with his ACL injury, but is this just a, a clear example like everybody's body is different and how they react to, to, to surgeries and major surgeries like this?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's part of it. I think a bigger part is is the is what he said. The first thing you and I talked about is the additional injuries. So when someone tears their ACL. You know, we see them in clinic, we examine it, we're like, all right, we're worried about it an ACL tear. We get an MRI to look and see for other injuries, and the most common one's gonna be um, cartilage, and then after that, the next next most common is gonna be, uh, you know, like, meniscal cartilage, really, those are kind of the top two. So when we look at it, those are the ones that we get worried about. And so if you see those injuries, some of them are very easily fixed um, or easily treated, some are an absolute nightmare. And really, cartilage is the one that, as an orthopedic surgeon, when you see cartilage injury, that is when you start getting most concerned is like is this a problem that's going to be recurrent can we make it you know go away and there's times we can really t- treat it well, and there's times where we just have a difficult time and say, "Look, this is a knee that's going to have problems, and, and it can be a, a, re- a really significant long term issue."
0: So, if you were uh, Doctor Pat McKenzie, or you were the team doctor right now, you know, what are you telling David in these next couple of months? To you know, are, is he just like in it, rest, ice, compression, elevate, or what is he doing with with this knee right now? Or what's what would be the game plan in the next couple of months to see if this knee can come yeah, I mean, down? He-
1: yeah, they're going to focus on getting the fluid down, and that's going to be through the standard stuff like compression, ice, elevation, so some of that. Um, at the same time, you need to build up strength because the stronger the leg is, the, the better it can tolerate some cartilage stuff, but if the knee continues to act like this, you're going to be looking at an additional procedure, so you're going to be looking at something to address the cartilage injury, and so like I said, that could be as simple as a microfracture, it could be a, a grafting procedure, it could be a transplant of cartilage, those are all different options, but again, for a pro athlete, you don't want to be going down that path, but if the symptoms don't improve, that's where it's going to go.
0: I know you and I had kind of thrown out a couple of athletes maybe similar. I think, uh, was it like Penny Hardaway I think I threw out it as mm-hmm. an example? I mean, so there have been examples of other athletes, you know, really struggling to, to recover for, from these type of ACL injuries or because there's a little bit more going on than just the typical mm-hmm. isolated ACL injury.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, it is. It is we, when you hear that term ACL tear, yes, that's describing an injury, but often the knee sustains additional, you know, quote, collateral damage, and that plays a very critical role in how people recover, both in the short and long term.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, Greg Godin was the other one I think you and I talked about yeah. a little bit there, too, so. Well,
1: I mean, you saw his career went, so yep. certainly we hope that's not the path that's going to go here.
0: Exactly. Uh, Dr. Corot, well, I know, uh, quite a few people, uh, were, um, we're, we're asking to make sure I talk to you this week about David Bakhtiari and, and those news. So, uh, appreciate the time, Austin. Uh, good stuff. Love chatting with you every every Friday, buddy. Have a good weekend, and we'll chat with you again soon. Okay, sir? Sounds great. Take care. You got it. There you go. Dr. Crow inside the training room. There you go. There you go, Packers fans. Thanks for checking out a Man Cave podcast quick hit. Don't forget subscribe to the man cave podcast or follow the man cave podcast depending on which platform you're using and don't forget give us a good rating over there too that way other people can find the man cave podcast for full episodes and other quick hits you can find it all on your favorite podcasting platform i'm dan casper we'll talk to you again next time